now I'm ready. <laughs> that was you, Ann? <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds official. In the historic Allentown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York, I'm Bobby Pape, and this show has everything. In addition to Anne's family, we have a virus running amok, and we have sports, sports, and more sports on this special How to Fake It Till You Make It edition of the show. And joining me for it from the Deerblind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchester, Texas, because we're doing Age Before Beauty, Mike the Gel Dude Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Uh, good morning, Bobby. I just want to give one word of of encouragement to all of our listeners. If we just if we just don't stick together, we can get through this. So. <laughs> and now, Literally. yes, thank you. And now, with late-breaking news, able to keep her uh, keep her hands on the ones and twos of climate control and other things at the University of Minnesota from her home at the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Hello, boys. Happy to be with you. I am hey, practicing social hey. distancing. I feel like I've been preparing this for this my whole life. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> And do they keep the heat on in all the buildings where they sent the students home, or do they just let them just ice down again? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the um, what the protocol is, but you don't want to let those buildings ice down because if the pipes freeze, we got a problem. But there mm-hmm. are uh, temperature setbacks, and you can put things into unoccupied mode and uh, oh, holiday right, right, mode. Right, right. Like there mm-hmm. is a spring break mode, where actually this past week was spring break, so everything was presumably set back to those levels and they'll just maintain that mm-hmm. maybe this is an mm-hmm. unprecedented level of spring break mode well, yes yeah. exactly yeah. the students have been never been more gone than this particular spring break they're really gone <laughs> no it's very weird too because i i always enjoy we get to like the end of may and all of a sudden campus is pretty empty and i'm like oh thank god i'm so sick of all those students walking around and straight into traffic and all of that stuff. But there's always people around throughout the summer and the holidays. There's like summer terms or things going on, but poor lonely bastards that don't have anywhere to go during these breaks. Yes. So there's still research going on and still patients in the medical stuff, but this is just pretty much empty. There was a great story out of the uh, student newspaper, my, my one-time student newspaper at the University of Buffalo, where because they were told on such short notice that they weren't going to be able to come back, undergrads weren't sure what was going to happen with their uh, flexible spending dining card accounts. Mm. And so students lined up at the little convenience store on on the <laughs> North Campus in the dorms and just bought armfuls. Like, they went full supermarket sweep on whatever they could get. Mm-hmm. And so there's pictures of kids just walking out with, like, laundry baskets full of individual size bags of Doritos. 
So as much God ramen. is my witness, I'm going to eat all 35 of these tuna sandwiches before they go bad. I mean, I don't blame them for being skeptical about whether or not Sunu is going to give them their money back. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're young. They they don't know about uh, class action. You know, Christy can tell them, right. tell them a, you know, the power of the people. Mm-hmm. You'll get yeah. your money back. Yep. At least 24 cents on the dollar, <laughs> you know, if you jump through all the hoops and return all the mail. Oh, God, these are these are dangerous times. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of small talk. Uh, I think we've all got something there. And then, as I mentioned before, uh, we'll recap last week's mailbag. We'll do last week's question of the week. We'll do this week's question of the week. I'm a little out of it because I haven't been on the show in a couple of weeks. It's been a chaotic time uh, for me with work. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Not dead, as was surmised uh, last week. Mike, you're also still alive. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody should be worried about you because you're only mentally uh, 90 years old. Right. Physically, yeah. you know, you're in you're in the prime of your life. So, yeah, no, you know, I, I'm the I one that, right. that you should be concerned about. I'm, a, I'm compromised. I'm afraid to go to the gym now, though, because... Uh, plant fitness disgusting when there isn't a coronavirus outbreak mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you're really getting all ten dollars a month of what that cleaning will pay for yeah uh that that giant strip mall with uh with uh like the gold's gym and the guitar center i mean that parking lot is empty nobody nobody <laughs> is it's the the viruses are rampant in those places on the best day so uh you know i i can order my uh my band supplies online. I am worried about the economic impact here. Those amps are going untested. Yeah. You know, yeah. By, by home, semi homeless guys and, and, and drummers who only have a place because you know, they've got a lady. Yeah. I am sort of like wondering about what my policy towards going to the gym should be because we're kind of in this uh, state where it's like Schrodinger's virus we don't know if it's here. We don't know if it's not here because we can't test for it. So mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what the appropriate level of caution is for all of this. Yeah. Obviously, all the normal wash your hands, blah, 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 social distancing. But how distant do we need to be at this point? Uh, my my gym policy remains unchanged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering the same thing about going to Boston this week. I mean, I'm, I didn't go this last week because I was sort of taking a break after running a concert the weekend before. And we did proceed with our concert last Sunday. So that would be the eighth. Uh, or, yeah. For those of you who are following along at home and um, you know, our audience was a little diminished because of the early concern about coronavirus. But I mean, just this last week has spiraled. I mean, it's been exponential fear mm-hmm. and, and, you know, with cause <laughs> to a certain extent, but I'm supposed to go back on Wednesday for one night. And I checked on my flight this morning. And as of Saturday morning, as we're recording this, there were eight people on my flight, mm-hmm. and which means I only need seven more people to drop out so I can have my Chris O'Leary moment. Sure. I think there's going to be a lot of that on Twitter. Yeah. And very soon. So you better, you better get on that, get on that fast. Right. Because uh, it's going to be super common. I want to be memed. <laughs> did did was it did i see a meme of a that picture of him on that flight to cleveland yep. from new york yeah and it was said i'm on my 14 dollar flight to italy yes. or something. Mm-hmm. yep <laughs> <laughs> that was some dark dark humor and i loved it uh 
Stupid people. That plane would never go that far. <laughs> it's no, a little commuter no. jet. Yeah, yeah. Unless you use that extra space to keep some jet fuel that you can somehow get into the tank. I wonder if we could we can post that meme on the show post for this episode. I mean, they didn't ask his permission, but they turned it into a meme, so why should I ask anyone's that's, permission? That's what I thought. That's what I, I was weird, because I follow Chris on Twitter, Yep. and that wasn't him, and I didn't see any, any evidence that he had anything to do with it, and I'm like, I'm sure he's thrilled with it, fine with it, but it was jarring that he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, no. And someone had just found it and and purposed it for. Um, it wasn't even a meme at the time yet. It was just a tweet, I think. Right. But I don't know. Well, Social that commentary, picture... dude. It's fair use. Yeah, fair use. I, I'm fine with. Yeah, it, it was an account called at Meme Nurse Official. Ah, uh, yes, Meme Sounds Nurse ex- Official. Ex- one of my extremely favorites. official. Well, if if our friend Amy has taught me anything, it's that there's no shortage of nursing related memes. Oh my God, no. <laughs> Oh, it's quite a community. It's and and Amy in our in our chat sometimes she is so far off in like jargon land. Like I mean, I feel like I should get like 3 credits um toward my nursing degree when when I read some of her messages, I'm like, "Oh, man, I hope there's not going to be a test on this because this is woof." You know, this could be a good business for us in the era of conferences everywhere being canceled. Continuing education credits via Facebook chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you learn something, you know. Uh, this will be my T-Sheet Recommends. We'll do it early. Go follow Chris O'Leary on Twitter at O-H-H-L-E-A-R-Y. O'Leary. Uh, he's a good follow because he's always traveling somewhere. And then his blog is uh, Brew York, B-R-E-W underscore Y-O-R-K. If you're ever going to a city and you don't know what to do while you're there, just message Chris and he'll tell you which eight breweries are the ones worth checking out in that particular city. It doesn't Man travels a lot. It doesn't matter where it is. He's all over it. I think we've given him enough credit now that I can use that meme and not feel bad about it. Sure. Yeah. Sue us. Sue us for what? <laughs> and tell us about your family edition. Uh, it's a very small edition. It's about eight pounds and 13 ounces. Uh, this week, my sister-in-law had her baby, so Henry is now a big brother. Baby Yay. Elliot has entered the world. I have doubled my number of nephews in the last week, so pretty good, huh? Wow. Percentage-wise, that's a huge gain. Yeah. I know. It's like the inverted stock market right there. <laughs> and as of now, he is a little sort of baby blob that is the thing about babies is they all pretty much look the same when they come out you know some are a little wrinklier than others but they're all sort of generic baby looking Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. anybody who looks at a brand newborn is like oh it looks like his father i'm like really yeah no no okay he looks like his father after his father accidentally ate that bell pepper (laughs) That one time, and his whole face swelled up. the The only time is if, um, like the father or the mother has like bright red hair, right? And the kid has like bright red hair. They're like, okay, well, that's a thing. So at least we know she's the mother because her daughter in her arms right here has red hair. You know, otherwise we we couldn't be sure who the mother was. Right. I just think it takes a few months for them to kind of finish. Sure. Baking, I guess. 
you know, you've taken them out mm-hmm. of the oven, but they still bake a little bit more in the pan as it's cooling. So mm-hmm. uh, that'll come along. I, I probably won't be going to California to see them anytime soon out no, of an abundance I mean, of drive. caution. Eh, you know, they're a little worried about getting germs near babies anyway. And the indication yeah. so far is that the COVID-19 is really not affecting children for whatever reason very much. Mm-hmm. At least no fatalities for uh, under the age of 10. So that's great. But I still think, you know, it's not a great idea to be coming all in with your germs with a new baby. So we'll see. No. It would be a selfish decision, I think, Anne, because the 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 kid isn't going to remember anything until at least four or five months old, you know. Right. Then they'll remember let's, that Anne came to visit. Let's not talk about my arguments about babies on planes, which is extremely similar. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Why did you even bring it up, Bobby? Uh, and People hated you over and that. If you, I mean, they really hated you. If you, you decide to go, I've got a two-ounce bottle of Purell Advanced on my desk. I've only used a couple of squirts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and by the way, that is the official... Uh, 2x sanitizing strength one squirt purell advanced equals two squirts of other national brands so i'm using oh. the unit measurement on the bottle uh and i will i will forego auctioning this off and i will mail it to you if you decide to uh to make that trip oh so, wow you change your mind Thanks, just Bobby. let me know okay it's good to know i have options <laughs> i think uh we can talk to will they might pay you to take a flight <laughs> at this point <laughs> Just to have a butt in a seat, you know? Like, look, we're still in business. There's people here. Well, let's see. Who, one of our Facebook friends, Brandon, I don't know if he listens to the new show, but he used to listen to our old show. He posted on Facebook that he and his girlfriends just got round trip tickets to Hawaii for $400 total. And that did make me go, ooh, that's Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not like you need to go to the museums in Hawaii when you get there, although I'm sure they have lovely museums. I'd like to go to like Pearl Harbor, that would be nice. But as long as the beach is still open. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Who who walks up next and sets up right next to somebody on a beach less than six feet away? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm from Iowa. Achoo! Yeah. It's not going to happen. You got some space out there. This has always been my defense of Aruba. And my love of Aruba is that there's nothing to do in Aruba. Oh, yeah. There's so, a lot of appeal in yeah. that. Yep. The last time um, I took a vacation with my wife, we went to Seattle. And uh, I planned the whole thing out. And um, I like to have like like two activities every day, but that's it. you know. And the rest of it is it's us time and preparing for whatever it is and winding down from whatever it was. And she really enjoyed that pace of it and she told me that she's like i really like the way you handled this trip you know you didn't pack too much in but we always had things to do and people to see and then she took her dad up uh to to seattle for a trip and kind of did the same thing and they had a great time so uh there's a lot to be said for just kind of just take it easy on your vacation you don't have to like see every last thing or whatever if if it's that great you can go back you know see the next thing well, so, yeah. I don't know. I felt a little desperate well, when I was in Portugal to oh, if maximize you're making that, that trip. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> but yeah, if you're just if you're just going going to some other city, you know, in America, where during the next virus you can you know just book for four dollars, so. <laughs> you can get back. Uh, 
speaking of uh, last minute travel plans, uh, in addition to wanting to be Chris O'Leary, just in general, uh, the coronavirus is uh, ruining my professional life. So I bet it is. It was only a matter of time until your professional life is ruined somehow, right? I assumed it was going to be undermined by my own incompetence. And so I'm a little (laughs) offended. You didn't see this wild card coming. Yeah, it's completely out of my hands. Uh, so, you know, most of you know, because I never shut up about it, I manage a chamber music ensemble in Boston. Uh, Boston is quickly becoming a coronavirus hotbed. It's not uh, It's not New Rochelle, and it's not uh, the greater Seattle area. But um, thanks to, ironically, a Biogen conference, um, there is a cluster in and around Boston, and also the world is just shutting down there like it is so many places, so... Well, when they didn't cancel Face Touchers International, uh, I I was really concerned. I believe you're talking about presidential press conferences now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I didn't shake hands with anybody. <laughs> well, here's a hundred pictures of you shaking hands with everybody. You fucking moron. Uh, so we had to cancel a concert, which uh, which meant me getting to email nearly twenty musicians to tell them they won't be getting a paid gig. To which none of them were surprised because all of their gigs have canceled. Right. And I, I feel... Because they live and breathe and have consumed any type of media yeah, in the past. Exactly. Yeah, It's like, oh, shit. When the phone rings, you're like, yep, there goes my gig. I will say, at least in Boston, the local musicians union and some other groups and the city of Boston are are rallying various support mechanisms for all of those gig players. But, yeah. um, you know, if you can figure out a way to support the arts, and I don't just mean Boston Music yeah. Aviva, but, you know, you can donate at bmv.org. Uh, you know, find out where your local groups are. People who are canceling. If you have tickets to stuff, don't don't demand a refund. Maybe just ask yeah. them for a donation letter. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe make a donation. Similarly, restaurants, restaurant workers. We went out to eat last night. Like I said, we wanted to support the servers at at our local Texas Roadhouse. Uh, you know, go out, tip well, be safe, but do what you can because everybody's about to take it in the teeth. Like this is just a slow motion. Uh, a slow motion crash right here. And mm-hmm. all these people who rely on week to week stuff or donations or concerts or gigs, everybody is screwed. Well, the, the good thing is um, it's a terrible time, but it's going to reveal a lot of good things about people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like basketball players uh, vowing to pay the, the hourly wages of all the arena workers, uh, despite their billionaire owner's, not noticeably yeah. silent on this issue. Yeah, only Mark Cuban came out with a plan to yeah. take care of his arena workers. Everyone else is like, you know, it's the players, and they're just like, okay, here's here's a hundred grand. You know, everyone else, like, yeah. let's chip in, let's take care of these. people. I think we'll see more from owners as social pressure mounts, but uh, sure, sure. But I'll eat my hat when Jerry Jacobs is ready to pay <laughs> all of his employees who work his various venues. I mean, I think if there's one thing that we know, it's that. Multi-billionaire owners of sports teams are terrible people for the most they part. They are. They are. I mean, you get your occasional like crazy one, like Steve Ballmer. Seems like a really great dude, but I don't want to spend more than three consecutive seconds in his crazy ass, you know, vicinity or vicinity, as we like to say around. <laughs> I mean, you don't get that much money by being a normal functioning person. Right. 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 It's never just like an average dude. It's like, hey, you know, I made. Hundred billion. So, how's it going? 
you know, they're, they're either like super egomaniacs or mm-hmm. crazy or for whatever I mean. reason, making that kind of money is really fucking important to them and they're not going to mm-hmm. let go. I think Warren Buffett is like the most normal billionaire. Yeah. He just seems like a dude and, and, and that's rare, but that's why it's notable because when you hear him interviewed and you see him, you're like, well, that's just a dude who happens to have billions of dollars. Most other billionaires are like, oh yeah, that weirdo. Oh, that asshole. We're going to be really careful or we're going to lose our whole monocle demographic. Yeah. Well, you, you would know, Bobby. I mean, <clears throat> you're very tied into that community in so many ways. I'm, Mentally. I'm trying. I'm, yeah. Sure. So, Where uh, does I'm, one go to buy a monocle? Is that all online or is mm. there a store somewhere? Well, that you can't buy them online. It's useless to right. put them online because when you've broken your monocle, you can't see the computer screen. Hmm. You need to be be able to dial like you know seven one one or something. Uh, like oh, a mono- bespoke a monocle. monocles. Right. Mm-hmm. There's our new sponsor for this week. Um, uh, I think that you just you know a guy like your father. You go where your father went mm-hmm. and where his father yeah. went, and uh, it's a secret door, not handshake, no sign on the door. Jeeves knows the address. You just you just pull your, pull pull your penny farthing up into the handicap spot. <laughs> put the thing around, you know. Get your placard, you know, hang it, and then just go in there and get your monocle. It's right next to the butcher that only sells endangered exotic meats. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. But I thought the yeah, last yeah. shipment of ostrich was really quite poor. <laughs> Just get the ground up rhino horns behind the counter if you if if you know the password. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can only snort that with a rolled up thousand dollar bill. <laughs> it doesn't work. Thousand dollar bill huh? it doesn't work with anything less. And yeah, they're not even. God, in- it's it's not that potent for your penis anyway, guys. It's only like thirty percent improved <laughs> performance. Well, the thing is, like, if you're into that type of stuff chances are there's no one who's all that hot to see your penis anyway you know what i mean no one no one's waiting for your to announce your presence with authority you know there's like oh god this guy's got a hard on where did he get this oh shit i thought this was a hard on for your relationship once again i'm reminded that things always get weird when it's the three of us recording yeah, it gets really weird. I'm sorry. I'll back off. I, well, I feel like without Hillary here to represent her horny corner, somebody's going to... That's true. Oh, man. Emily really liked that segment. She she was really impressed. And, and I, I think... Uh, Anne, you came up with the title, right? Mm-hmm. She was asking who came... Yeah, yeah. So I gave you credit for that. I can't take any credit for Hillary's horny corner, but uh, that was that was a great segment. A lot of fun. It'll, it'll return. Hillary's horny corner is that the... Far end of the library, opposite the corner where Andrew Walsh naps in the youth EYA <laughs> section. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a crossover joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, I, I hate to ask about the virus getting personal, but you put it on the small talk run. So. Uh, well, we were. We have our Tuesday Jamboree. I still hate that name. Come uh, up with something better. I, I find it endearing now. I've got it in my in my phone in the phone book, the dial in for our for our free conference call dot com number, which is as reliable as we pay for it. And um I don't know. I find it somewhat warming to uh 
to jump in the call and and just press jamboree and it just goes uh my only down my only regret about the jamboree was agreeing to let it be right in the middle of ncis it's oh no t- oh. T- tuesday is at 8 30 east you guys are <laughs> well do it like like uh like I like to watch live sports, but I want to start like 15 minutes behind yeah. so that I can fast forward through. Right. So, you know, so you can just go through the commercials after you get off the, the line with us. Mm-hmm. Well, I try really hard to not be the asshole on the conference call who's got my earbuds in while I'm in the car or something. I know it's sometimes it's, oh, in, my God, it's yeah. inevitable. Sometimes one of us is just, you know, it's childcare or an important meeting or whatever. But I, I... why do those people put on the video? <laughs> what's wrong with them i don't know i'm so glad that ours is audio only i i don't need to see all your faces and it was an old commercial i forget what it was for but the dude's doing like video conference or dating or something and he has a beautiful set just behind his laptop but the rest of his apartment is a bachelor pad yeah yeah that's how i feel and that's how we're all gonna do for like the next month when we're working from home right man i i i there are going to be some things we'll see. I, I that might be a whole meme. That might be a whole Twitter thing. Is like people that are have never worked from home and don't understand the technology. We are going to see some things, yeah. people. Yeah, we are going to see some things. So get ready. I do seem to remember uh, a moment when our friend did not realize that we were going to be on video for something we recorded a very long time ago. And she was topless. Yeah, I remember that too. That was great. <laughs> Uh, that would Always. be optimistic. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Tuesday nights and the virus getting personal. It's the whole world. You know, we sketched <laughs> out this show back before every major sports league and minor sports league looking at you, XFL, canceled. But but the reason it, it came to mind for me, uh, this, this topic, or because or, I was scrolling through seeing what we're going to talk about this week what we might talk about this week and um, are we going to read Andrea Andrea's email at some point? I think so. Okay. Well, Andrea emailed us about, or, or gave us a Facebook message about uh, doing a show about sports and, and like how to fake your way through understanding or, or through, um, through, you know, hanging around with sports fans and, and not looking like a sports idiot or whatever. So, on by Tuesday night, I was getting the feeling that things were going south. They were starting to ban gatherings of more than 250 people, which, of course, is everything that I watch on television. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had already decided to play the NCAA tournament with no fans. And I was like, OK, well, as long as I get my NCAA tournament and I can gamble on it, it'll be great. But you just start to see it tip. And I'm like. Well, I think there's going to be a big gap in my life because this is getting personal for me because all day long when I work, I have, if I, if not MSNBC, I have, I have some sports up on uh, my television while I'm working. And at night, I watch live sports. So this is going to start to really cut into my life and, and I need to keep sports alive in my life. So I was thinking I would pitch this thing that Andrea pitched and you know excuse the people that don't give a shit about sports which would be the people you're not hearing right now and (laughs) get together with with the crazy little group here and talk about uh 
talk about it, but it just got personal, man. You know, I, and as you know, I'm always looking for a way to make like global tragedies about myself. As are we all. I, I finally found a way to do it, which was so satisfying because when you finally arrive on it, you know, you can drop all that angst about the, the, it not being about you and you can finally say, Oh, thank God. It's all about me. Well, I mean, I was going to say, what if we can expand your definition of sport, but maybe (laughs) we have to expand the kind of competitions that you watch. Have you ever considered watching the great British baking show? (laughs) Um, I I'm afraid I'm going to have to, you know, it's a competition. People get eliminated. There's a time Mm -hmm. clock. Uh, there's, uh, triumph and tears you know the thrill of victory the agony of defeat or whatever it is Mm -hmm. there's a a champion gets crowned that's a good pitch and and i i will i will consider it i i do however i want to call you out on something and um just because you've lived in europe for a minute and you're a big uh you know portuguese vacationer you don't get to call it sport (laughs) you're from minnesota so it's sports okay but good pitch thanks sport come on now did i say that (laughs) you said it when we were out last night, they were re-airing a Big East game from last week. And it did make me wonder how often they're going to be able to get away with that. Is this going to be like when you flip channels and you hit the local the local home teams? Like you hit Nesson in Boston or the Yes Network in New York. Yeah. And they're just playing some random some random Yankees-Red Sox game from... from the 20- 1984 wildcard series, <laughs> even though that didn't exist. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well. My idea for the NC two A tournament, they they need to fill all that programming. Um, my first idea was that they should just run back last year's tournament, just play all the coverage they did last year, and just give us something to watch. But then I thought I have quite a few memories from last year. I'm not so old that I can't remember a lot of the stuff that happened last year. But I, what they should do, I think, is pick a tournament from like. 15 to 25 mm-hmm. years ago that was the best you know an amazing tournament sure and play that because of course we're going to remember probably who won and and but seeing all the players who went on to have like nba careers and and go on to beat their wives and go to jail or you know whatever it's interesting <laughs> and you don't remember oh, who won all times. the individual games this could be like a yeah. pop-up video style right like somebody somebody sinks a free throw and then you just note <laughs> what they're like, how many enterprise franchises they own now later pulled over with 3000 pounds of marijuana in an enterprise rental truck. But then, I mean, I support this idea. Doesn't it become a little bit more of an exercise in nostalgia than in competition? Uh, Certainly, but um, there's so many billions of dollars being paid for this. They want to keep the eyes on there, so I, I don't think substituting a like a lesser competition, you know, like some people baking. Sorry, you know, no offense, bakers. Not lesser, different. <laughs> Nicer, uh, kinder. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I, I, that was the second idea I had, and, and I'm not sure if it's a good one, but in, you know, who knows what they're going to do. You don't think it's, that... It'll be interesting to see how they fill all these thousands and thousands of hours of You don't think programs. that there are ESPNU producers uh, VPNing into Bristol, Connecticut right now, trying to count down the 250 greatest NCAA basketball games of all time oh to fill God. a week's worth of program? I'm sure they are. It sounds so oh, yeah. boring. Well, what the... I don't want to say irony, but um, the unexpected consequence of this is that the actual players can't play. They can't do anything. They just, they've all been told to go home. The people who, who uh, cover sports, they are now working around the clock. They, yep. cause they gotta, yep. they're, they're like, they have not taken a break since, you know, last Tuesday that everyone's just like, they're, they're all, video conferencing in you know and they're all topless but they're all talking about <laughs> how how do how the hell do we fill this because nobody has any contingency plans for this no i mean maybe no. well maybe you, but you we'll figure see, out but... a day or two plan yeah. but for potentially six to twelve weeks or whatever it's going to be ooh, mm-hmm. boy. this is the world's longest rain delay <laughs> oh it's bad <laughs> There should be, they should, one of the channels should just be people sliding on those tarps. tarps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Best tarp slides, one through a hundred. Or you could, you could spice it up with some of the, you know, the cats running around the field and and some guy goes and grabs it with his bare hands. I am 100% more interested in watching that than watching old games. Animals on the field. Oh my God. That's good. We're programming a whole, oh, we're onto something here. This is our chance. T-shirt sports. <laughs> uh, Rain delay would be a great name for a podcast starting right now. Mm-hmm. Just get it, get yeah. it in people's feeds. Like a permanent, semi-permanent rain yep. delay. Because it's it's uh, it's life right now. It's not just sports. I mean, this is the whole world is going to be. I mean, this is why uh, people are already guessing that basically when the Pornhub stats come out, it's going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. The chances of getting caught are going way up. (laughs) Yeah, because everybody's at home. (laughs) We just have to keep the window real small. Down in that corner. So, honey, honey, you you going on a walk over there? You can take a walk? Where are you going? Okay. Um, About about how how long do you think you'll be? Yeah, right, 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 right. Any chance you want to do two loops? Yeah. It's nice out. Oh, no, no, that's not. I'm just relabeling those bottles as Purell for the third party market. That's not. Mm. Gross. It does. Yeah. Smart people cleaned out all the Astroglide and and just threw threw some labels on there. Just $200. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Can you imagine thinking you were getting Purell and then just <laughs> dropping everything that you were trying to hold? <laughs> it doesn't dry off, you know? You're like, this shit is supposed to dry. Just Can we just... go to the mailbag, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The world is ending, but the mail is not. Nor, nor rain, nor sleet, nor a threat of virus has stopped you all from running into us, and we... 
We greatly appreciate oh, it. Yeah. And you want to <laughs> take the rates here? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, I'm realizing we forgot in our pre-show to talk about how we we're going to handle Andrea's voicemail. Should we just put it in right here? Uh, I can't imagine a better a better place to put it than right now, uh, especially since we've already mentioned NCIS and mm-hmm. uh, and Christy. So. Uh, yeah, we got a voicemail from from basically our senior producer Andrea Ballard, which you will hear right now. No, now. Hey everyone, I am calling to say thank you to Christy uh, because she solved a big mystery for me. So Tishi is mystery solvers, you guys. Here's the deal: I am spending a lot of time with my mom, and she loves NCIS and JAG. And there's nothing like watching NCIS and JAG 24-7 to make you really appreciate some new shows. So on Thursday night, we watched something called Tommy, which is about a detective in L.A., and she's played by Edie Falco. And there was a scene where she stopped at this fruit stand with her ex-husband, and her ex-husband bought this cup of fruit, and he was asking them to shake this powder on top of it. And he turned to Edie Falco and he said, you know, in New York, you can keep your slices, you can keep your bagels. I love L.A. I love having the chili powder on top of my fruit. And I was so confused by that. I was like, what is he talking about? But I haven't had time to look it up. And then today, Christy talked about the chili lime powder and talked about putting it on top of pineapple. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what it was. So thank you, Christy, for telling me about that. And um this is Andrea. I'm not sure if I said that. And if I sound like I'm doing a Renee Zellweger, yes, this is what I sound like after three weeks with my family. Okay. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Uh, so Andrea's the best. Um, I was thinking about her watching a uh, Jag. Bobby, did you watch Jag too or just NCIS? I didn't. And I did not. So, so I'm not a, I, I'm not a, uh, I probably am an NCIS completist. I think I've seen every episode, but I'm not, I didn't, it wasn't in real time. My interest in NCIS grew out of Sam and I not having a life and bonding over this together in our relationship. Um, so I know that NCIS was a JAG spinoff and I have seen some episodes of JAG, but I've never gone out of my way because I'm more of a, I'm more of a, 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 a order, not law. Mm. So, so, or I thought you were going to say you're a, you're a Mark Harmon kind of guy. Well, I mean, who isn't? I mean, really. True. I mean, if that three episodes... Get lost in those eyes. <laughs> if you've never had a fleeting fancy about the Unabomber, <laughs> just... Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not a JAG completist by any means. I mean, I'll certainly watch it if it comes on, but you don't see as many JAG marathons. you got to look Mm-mm. a little further. Those are deeper into the... Uh, the that section of the cable the cable uh guide that i i sort of skim quickly sure sure um but i uh, did uh, appreciated andrea's mention of this because my dad spent a little bit of time he was rehabbing from some medical issues in an assisted living home and i was there with him only for one day i spent there and we did not watch ncis or jag but HGTV was on the TV, and we watched. What's, oh. what's the Chip and Joanna one? I know, the names oh. are all so stupid. Uh, Love it or lift uh, it, flip or flop. Uh, Waco fancy. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, whatever that one is. 
And I don't know what it is. My parents don't have cable. I don't have cable, but my dad had Chip and Joanna on the TV, and I sat through so many of those episodes. <laughs> I was like, ugh, okay. A lot of medical facilities play that uh, channel. Yep. Sure. So, yeah. sure. so it, it must it must skew, you know, old and Burbank. That's about it. <laughs> Uh, I need to apologize before we go any further. I, I don't know why I said Unabomber. Mark Harmon didn't play the Unabomber. Mark Harmon no. played Ted Bundy. I know that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I'm embarrassed. Plus, uh, the Unabomber wouldn't have been such an identifiable, you know, like, that would be like someone getting lost right. in, in the hoodie and all why, that. Why would you pay Harmon bucks for someone to wear big sunglasses and a hoodie? No, that could be anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just thought you were saying that the Unabomber had really nice eyes. Well, how would you know? I mean, that's the problem. I don't yeah, know. Didn't you're they wasting just, it. Didn't that's... they just do a Unabomber TV, TV show? Did they? I think I they know. did. I mean, I do like I do like a nice weekend in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as there's Wi-Fi, speaking my language. Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to, I don't want to type a manifesto. I I need to, you know, word process. Right. We need, <laughs> And send it to my publisher. Mm-hmm. I don't have the I don't have the finger dexterity for magazine cutting either. I've always wondered how. Oh man, the, the, I couldn't the do The patience involved is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We're really ruining. I'm never holding anyone for ransom. I couldn't do We're it. Really I just can't do the paperwork. Ruining Andrea's segment here, aren't we? Right. <laughs> um, uh, Andrea, I'm very glad that you found um, Christie's recommendation of the chili lime salt helpful. And um, I hope your mom is doing well. Yes. Let, let's move on to Linda sent us a message. I think, was this a comment on our website? I think it was on the Tishi website. But anyway, Linda said, here's my PSA. So I am a boomer 10. We still love you, Linda. Uh, Christy might not, but I do. Uh, Last October, we were going on a cruise, and my friend asked if I ever had measles. I couldn't remember, so our doctor tested my hubs and I, and dang, we had no immunity. So we had our shots like good people do. Boomers, you need to find out. I love this sensible attitude. Yes. Let's get our vaccinations, people. And I love boomers helping boomers. This is... Mm -hmm. This is an attitude we need to embrace. This is uh, uh, not to get too political, but for years, this is what I've been thinking. We need a those of us who think uh, we need a Democrat who can uh, who has worked on a farm and can roll up his sleeves and be genuine and right. We need people who can communicate across barriers in the world that we live in today, and this includes boomers. So, all of you boomer listeners, boomer age listeners, write in with your common sense advice. Let's start a forum here. Yeah, because we want to keep you all safe and do this from your quarantines, please, for the love of God, because you are at risk. We respect you and what you have achieved in life. We're just mad that you have all the money and we have none. And the jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Please retire and dedicate your full time life to helping one another. (laughs) I think a lot of uh, boomer uh, incompetence and probably need for retirement is going to be exposed by the work from home Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. revolution. They're not going to know what to do if they can't, like, cook some fish in the microwave or you know, uh, just stand stand with their crotch right at your face, mm-hmm. you know, while you're working in your cubicle, yep. you know, while they talk to somebody. I mean, <sighs> and forget about the VPN. 
they're not going to be able to VPN in. Mm-hmm. I don't even nope. really understand what that means. <laughs> no. Nope. I just know I have to do it. <laughs> All right. Let's go to one more email from our friend Bob, speaking of boomers and one of the good ones. Uh, he has... Uh, some comments on last week's coronavirus uh, show. He says, I have yet to stop laughing at today's Tishi. As usual, the coven, or whatever you call yourselves, push the snark up to 11. Best line of today, quote, it's too bad Mike and Bobby died of the coronavirus, unquote. <laughs> I was listening to this while walking the dog, and I laughed so hard she looked at me as if I was having a heart attack. So, so Bob, that's funny to you? That's, you know... Forget about Bobby, who 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 cares about JV Smooth over there. But um but you laugh at my death? I laughed at your death. Hey. I laughed at Only cuz you knew you were okay. <laughs> uh Bob yeah. also has some theories about uh he says his his very untested theory of why men oppress women. One, you ladies are smarter than us. We know this and can't deal with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Bobby or, and Mike, you just chime in wherever you feel necessary on, no, that's, on Bob's I, that, theory. He could stop right there. That's that's <laughs> that, that would be enough because yeah. we yeah. got to impress you. Sorry. Uh, two, you offer practical life experience-based solutions to problems be they in work, social life, love, family, etc. We men are too busy measuring the lengths of our penises and comparing them to each other's. No wonder nothing gets done when men are in charge. I'd like yeah, the, he... that makes the beginning of meetings very weird if you all have to measure your penises before you start. Well, it, I don't know. I, I think he's being metaphorical. So, mm. Well, due, due to the current pandemic, there is a yardstick shortage. So... <laughs> Just make sure that you're you're bleach wiping everything. Let's just put it that way. I did recently measure my hand size, but um, but the <laughs> penis thing it doesn't happen as often as people think. No, mm. well, it's just cumbersome. I mean, once you get one good solid measurement, you don't need to. Keep yeah, doing it's just it. like you know, yeah, put it on your business card and just hand it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, solid five point three. <laughs> Number three, you do friendship better than we do. We're all about posturing and keeping feelings inside. You share, well, maybe not Diet Coke, but at least feelings. That's correct. I do not share Diet Coke. And four, your snarky slash contemptuous slash condescending humor dismissing the patriarchy is so threatening to the fragile flower of the male ego, our tiny penises withdraw into our bodies up near our tonsils when exposed to this. It's a choking hazard, so y'all have to stop with the snark. Yeah. It definitely makes the measuring part a lot more complicated. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. It's like when little kids are eating hot dogs. Everyone's like, oh, no, don't eat that. It's perfect size to... (laughs) You're going to choke. And Bob also says, thank you for the calm, measured, and sensible discussion of the coronavirus. I'm just going to... Bulldoze on I with feel this. oppressed. Yeah, the media yeah. needs to dial back the fear mongering, and Americans need to understand statistics or at least percentages better. I feel no, pretty no, 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 no. good about the discussion that we had on last week's show vis-a-vis coronavirus. I think, uh, well, I mean, obviously things have gotten a lot more serious, or at least governmental agencies have gotten a lot more serious about them. But thinking back over what we said, I don't think that we trivialized it too much. We had a little bit of fun. 
But we did say the important things like let's calm down, wash our hands, not overwhelm the healthcare system. And that's pretty mm-hmm. much what people are saying now. So flatten the curve. I think the um the media needs to dial up the fear mongering because let's face it, this fear is not gonna monger itself, people. <laughs> you know. Somebody has to be responsible for it and I think the media is just the just a ticket for that. We need some self-mongering fear. <laughs> Turn the mongering on yourself. <laughs> Stop mongering yourself. <laughs> well, speaking of mongering yourself. <laughs> uh, Bob's got a really nice transition in here to our question of the week from last week, because he notes that just yep. like Christy, he would hoard cheese in his mm-hmm. uh, zombie and virus proof bunker. Uh, to solve the storage issue, I would dig a cold cell and... St- store my stash there heck if i dug out the space yep. for my bunker what's a few more feet for cheese says bob uh and we asked people what their emergency stockpile would be and i was amazed at how sincere some of the answers were <laughs> <laughs> i was i was thinking um over on my brother and my brother and me they are absolutely the best in the business at yes anding each other but occasionally one of the brothers will like refuse to play along with a joke and another brother goes play with me come play in this space with me and so for a few of our facebook commenters come on play with us mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just yeah, having we're proud, fun we're proud of you that you have a 55 gallon drum of water and all the lysol and all the toilet paper and first aid kits but mm-hmm. yeah yeah i have a little imagination i posted a bottle of woodford reserve if I'm going to be miserable, I'm at least going to be drunk doing it. Mike, I assume you're in on with the cheese cabal. I don't know. I don't know. I gave it a lot of thought, and and uh, I think he he tipped me to the cheese by the the seller idea. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because I my my thought was well, I do like a lot of cheese room temperature, but it it has to be room temperature when it's my choice. Uh, otherwise, it needs to be cold, mm-hmm. cold stored. Mm-hmm. But my my only issue with uh, that part of his plan was, you know, he's like, "What's a few more feet, you know, um, so I can have some cheese?" But it could be the end of you because, I mean, let's face it, Bob, we're we're older gents, and digging this cellar might be the end of us. I, it would be a noble end, though. I would say, you know. <laughs> Digging that last six feet for the your your cheese cellar. Yeah. Well, also you don't have basements in Texas, do you? So you uh, don't really no, have a good not. starting point. No, no, it's tough. It's tough. You have to get quite far down there before it starts to get cool. I think. Yeah. Hmm. If anyone's got experience adding on a couple extra feet, though, Mike, it would be you. Hey. <laughs> but I'm adding on. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm experiencing the removal and the adding on. <laughs> well, all right. Let's get to some of these responses from Bet. Oh, dear God. I love you, Bet. She says, yeast. If I'm going to be stuck at home, I need to make bread. Yep. You need to get with uh, Bet so that, I mean, Christy said she needed to find somebody who had the bread if she's going to have the cheese. So there we mm, go. Right. Uh, Treasure is thinking very practically. She says craft slash science kits to keep my kids busy and coffee for me to survive said kits. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred says vodka and cookies for my quote kids item unquote. I don't have kids. <laughs> I'm really regretting allowing Hillary to sneak in this one for me, one for my kids thing because it gave mm-hmm. some people some ideas. I did bake uh, chocolate chip cookies this week. I figured if the world was going to end, I might as well use up some of the pantry items. I think that's wise. Yeah. Yeah. I want to leave things tidy, you know? Mm-hmm. Less for the scavengers to get at when they come yeah. through the wreckage. <laughs> and I meant to ask about this, by the way. This is actually my biggest crisis question for you working from home. So are you mm-hmm. going to individually package and somehow deliver everybody their cake on Monday? or? Well, this is a question, isn't it, Bobby? This is quite the conundrum for me. I do have to go into work on Monday because... Um, we did not know that we were going to get the all clear to work from home. And so my laptop and et cetera, all my associated paraphernalia is still at the office. So mm-hmm. I'll have to go in to get that, to be able to work from home. And I already have all the ingredients to bake something mm. and bring it in on Monday. And I assume there will be some people there because we're not completely a telework capable office. We have a lot of people that We'll have meetings that will need to be on campus and we'll need to be there are doing places. Knobs that need to be turned and dials exactly. that need to be read and in fact yeah. there are. There are people that need to be on site. But what I'm really mm-hmm. debating is do I go ahead with my plan to make the two raspberry peach French pan tarts or do I cut it back and just make one? Mm. I can tell you where to ship the other one if you're worried about overage. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you should the baked good should be appropriate to the, what's going on. So maybe like a bunch of scones. So like people can grab one when they go and get their laptop and then they have something. If it's end time, if it truly is end times, mm-hmm. they have like a weapon they can use to, to battle, you know, their neighbor for the toilet paper and water. Well, don't, okay. I'll don't weaponize Monday morning treat. <laughs> well, I, I just, you know, we have She's to, a kind person, have, and she wants her coworkers to survive whatever's coming. We also have to live for the future, and so we have to embrace joy. This is the case I'm making now, asking people to donate to the arts so that when we get the all clear, we can start singing and making music together again. And, you know, we don't – this isn't a time to bludgeon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe some lemon cookies. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. those, those Girl Scout lemon cookies, there seems to be quite a run on those, so if you could replicate. I bet I can. So there you go. Uh, You've got my address. Right. Back to the (laughs) list of things that we're stocking up on. Kalina, also practical. She says, pet food and maxi pads. I got seven animals and two teenage girls up in here. Oh, my God. That is good thinking. seven animals? (laughs) I know. She's moving into full-on hoarder, animal hoarder territory. Wow. Maggie says, toothpaste. Excited Mark. Excited Mark. Mm. Maggie, Mm -hmm. you are not wrong. Uh, Then I grouped Will slash Bobby slash Kate, those lushes, together. Since all three of you posted Woodford, and Will said (laughs) it helps me tolerate people who are hoarding toilet paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have have just a word of, it's too late now to be advice, but for all of you people hoarding toilet paper, how, how were you not on top of this before? I've been ordering my toilet paper by the case from Amazon for years now and so we are just i don't know a lot of things are going to run out before toilet paper take this as a note for the future all right if well you, when if the next you survive this comes. 
Yeah. And also, Kate and Will and I really should have been better balanced on this. Someone should be hoarding Woodford, and one of us should be hoarding uh, Bitters, and one of us should be hoarding Vermouth, because really... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. If anyone wants to join us, please hoard some ice, uh, and that would be perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I'm going to attend, there, there must be ice. Michael, bring the ice. Exactly. Uh, Laura says, we did a big restocking shopping trip, and I will admit that we bought a big bag of frozen chicken breasts. No home delivery here, so we're kind of screwed if the government shuts down things like grocery stores. Chicken breasts is relatively practical. You can do something with chicken breasts for a long time. And Louise says jigsaw puzzles. That's a good one. In the same vein, Amanda says yarn. I'm a knitter. I'm almost finished with my... Amanda, I I have your... (laughs) Bunker right here. I'm sitting on it. Come down and join Emily. <laughs> we're we're talking uh, about some home renovations here because you know we've got nothing else to do, so we're thinking about ways we can blow money as soon as this all blows over. All and right. I keep getting ads from the Wish app. Um, coronavirus, I don't think, can be transmitted through shitty Asian products sent to you through the Wish app for two or two dollars or less. But I keep getting ads on the Wish app for um, sound absorption panels and i've been thinking about putting some up in the office to help buffer the wall behind where we record in here and then i think mike mike's got it covered just case after case of yarn i mean you've really, seen it yeah, yeah bobby bobby has seen it it is impressive it's exceptionally well organized and it makes a great sound dampener mm-hmm. yeah so anyway just you know about 50 grand later <laughs> You have your you have your sound. <laughs> it's a little more expensive than the the chunks of foam that they want to glue to the wall, but you know. Sorry, sorry, uh, please. Yes, continuing. Saul says Dr Pepper, both regular and the cherry flavored kind, and hot Cheetos. Saul, you did not invoke the kids clause on this. You can't have multiple things. You have to choose regular or cherry. Dr uh, Pepper yeah, is it Dr Pepper yeah, kind Saul. of cherry flavored? Be better, Saul. That, yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, Scott, on the other Opa. hand, says we have about 15 cases of homemade wine in the basement. So He's ahead of the game. Scott's yeah. ready. Yeah. He's yeah. ready to go. Um, Missy and Linda uh, come up with some uh, good items. Missy said Advil liquid gels, the best medicine. And Linda said Xanax. Oh, I hadn't even thought about the drugs aspect of it. I yeah, at a certain either. time of my life, that would have been. I would have been like, you know. I need like a, a banker's box full of uh, pills. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get through, but um, my my question is: There's so many people out there doing the toilet paper thing. Mm-hmm. We must have a listener that bought extra toilet paper. Uh, I'm I'm willing to listen to why you would do that. So, please, you know, get at us with that because. I'm curious because so many people were doing it and then we didn't have anyone who brought that up as a, as a thing. So I believe I must said, be a we, mentality I out said there we that, would make fun of them if they did, <laughs> but I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm more the sweet person on the show oh, as yeah. everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More open to things and ideas and, and not closed off. Like we should do, and <clears throat> we should do some sort of contest, uh, where you win one of our voices on your outgoing message, like on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, but it's it's just Anne making fun of you. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. 
How dare you? Well, Christy did say that they, you know, saw the toilet paper in the store and like grabbed it, even though they didn't necessarily need it. But that was in reaction to the fact that it was disappearing so fast everywhere mm -hmm. that she thought, mm -hmm. oh, shit, if I actually see it, I we should have it. And, you know, given right. the people that she lives with, that's a good decision. It's a it's a fundamental under, misunderstanding of the supply chain. There is enough toilet paper in warehouses to get us through three, four months. So calm the f down. But hey, let's. I want your headspace, toilet mm -hmm. paper hoarder. Let me know. <laughs> well, interview. I won't make fun it's of you. It's been a long time since we've mailed someone a microphone <laughs> for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> You're and the get... coronavirus on the microphone probably won't survive the two, oh, 12 yeah. to 14 days that the Postal Service yeah. takes to get it to somebody. Nah, it'll be fine. We'll mail it with some Chinese food and a, and a uh, bottle of Corona beer. <laughs> Perfect. All the things that transmit. Yeah. Uh, we should move on to this week's question of the week, no? Yes. Right. Why are we running so long already? I don't understand. <laughs> what have we talked about? We're, I think we're, we're sort of at a subdued pace this week. And I think the mm -hmm. world uh, is even just, you know, it's not that we're not being funny and we're not upbeat. It's just, you know, there's a lot to process right now. God, we're recording on Saturday. So by Monday morning when this thing drops, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to be left? Um, I don't know. Maybe we should just keep going and find a way to get another episode out of this we d had a lovely yeah. sweet comment from Jean on our facebook page that she wished that we did multiple shows a week so i don't know maybe we can like jigsaw something out of this and drop <laughs> yes. a little extra I think that's a, that's a great idea because yeah, 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 yeah. i was already thinking that we were gonna cut um cut one of my segments but now we can stretch yeah. <gasps> Ooh, i like this if we made mike's segment a bonus mm. Mm, yeah bonus episode then mm -hmm. we can leave this episode on a cliffhanger. <laughs> I like it. Plus, uh, Hillary is... Is somebody going to shoot me? I don't I don't know if I like this. Hillary is itching to uh, record more episodes. She's she's already got the edict that she's going to be working from home with Dave and two kids, and she wants nothing more than to record more Tishi instead of doing any of that. So, yeah. So the boomers are right about Hillary. She just wants to play hooky. Or record some podcasts when she should be toiling away the commercial mortgage industry well you know yeah the commercial mortgage industry booming during all of this i'm sure <laughs> sure sure phone calls are pouring in people trying to get some space no all the calls are like hey about this lease um yeah it's pretty long and uh pretty expensive uh could we any, any way out any way out uh, wouldn't it be great if Hillary was just a glorified rent collector? Like, if we, she's just getting yeah. sent out to offices. <laughs> so, uh, you, you got my money? <laughs> got my money? I would love to help her with that. I have experience in collections, and I enjoy it a lot. I was just thinking, when you worked for the uh, charity scam place, and you had to go out and get the check. I I, I did that. Mm -hmm. I did that. Mm -hmm. Also, um, my, my best experiences were when I was working for... Uh, Papa John's and one of our um, commercial accounts would get behind, uh, particularly this skating rink would always get behind like every three or four months. Um, 
you know, imagine, you know, trying to keep a skating rink cold. It and it's just too much real estate. It's bad. Mm. It's a bad model and they were losing money and they couldn't afford to pay all their vendors. But they always paid me because I went and sat in their lobby with my laptop and worked from the skating rink <laughs> until the guy who was supposed to not be there. And I said, I'll wait. He came in from, came out from his office and not from outside and, mm. and gave me a check, mm-hmm. which I hammered within probably 15 minutes at the key bank. Always. Yeah. You gotta, that, that's a rookie mistake in my, in my trivia hosting Don't, don't days, take it back to the yeah. office. <laughs> people would, um, you know, pay by a check at the end of the night. Some, some of the restaurants that I hosted would pay cash and that was great, but some of them would pay yeah. checks and, you know, you would. They would collect for a while before I saw my boss and would hand them all over and be like, here's a stack of checks from this restaurant. Uh, you always knew when you're working with the shitty bars, get those checks cashed because you yeah. never knew the week that they were just going to bounce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do sports that we've tried and regretted. And I think we're taking a pretty wide net on this. I don't think we expect that most of our listeners have tried out for an Olympic team or anything, but uh we're just looking for your, I wish I hadn't done that of, of athletics. And uh, Mike, you've got a, a, a twofer here that I'm hoping you didn't try at the same time though. That would be like, <laughs> that would be impressive. Well, uh, mine, uh, I'll just say it are golf and skiing. Uh, I don't, I mean, golf, I don't like super super regret it because it's always nice to be out there and it's something i used to do a lot with my brother and i like spending time with my brother um but i come from a uh, line of of athletes and you know my granddad was a, a really good athlete my dad was a good athlete i'm a good athlete was a good athlete uh when we try a sport and we're not immediately good at it we think it's stupid, you know? <laughs> so I grew up thinking golf was really stupid. And what I found out later was my dad tried it and was horrible because he's like 6'5". Yeah. And what's 6'5 guys good at golf that hasn't played a million times? The first time a 6'5 guy plays golf, it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I was 6'2", and I played a little better than he did, but not much. And... I, I just never got the hang of it, and then it started to get in my head. I didn't like it, and so sort of regret that. Uh, skiing. Skiing hit me at a terrible time because I had uh, dislocated my knee um, twice. <laughs> well, that's a great time uh, to take up skiing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, within a year, I dislocated my knee, my knee twice, my right knee. And playing basketball, which... I, I don't regret that, you know? I don't regret getting hurt playing the sport I love the most. So my friend Mike Smith, he had a, his family had a condominium on Mount Hood that's uh, in Oregon, and great skiing up there, and there's the lodge from The Shining, so, you know, it's creepy as fuck. Actually, when you drive by that place, I, I didn't know, you know, but... Um, but when I see it, when I see it on the shining now, I'm like, oh man, that place was fucking creepy. <clears throat> um, so we go up there. It's uh, it's winter break, and uh, everyone's gonna go skiing. I've never skied before, and uh, neither has my friend Dave. And 
you know, I, I've, We're in the middle of basketball season, so I want to be really careful, but everyone's kind of shamed me into skiing, and Dave, you know, he's never skied, he doesn't care about basketball as much as I do, so he's like, yeah, let's go, let's do it, come on, you're a, you're a P, let's, let's go. So, uh, we, we put on all the gear, I've never, you know, this is not me, because when, when you're a kid back then, you had to choose what sports you know, your parents weren't going to do take you to sports six days a week. You had to choose a sport. And I chose basketball. Mm-hmm. My brother was a skier. I was not a skier. So I get on the chairlift, you know, and even that feels precarious. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? so clear, scary. You know? Skiing was rich people bullshit when I was a kid. Their high school ski club would magically yeah. get on a bus every Thursday or Friday after school and go. And you had to pay to be a part of the club. And you had to have all this equipment. Fuck basketball is somebody's got a basketball. Yeah, Done. yeah. You don't have to get get on a you don't have to get on a bus unless you're going to, on a bus to play a basketball right. game. Um. So the the chairlift, you know, I'm like, whoa, uh-huh. I don't know about this, and I'm sitting next to Dave, and he's nervous too. I can tell. Um, he's Jewish, and I I don't know if Jews like to ski particularly. <laughs> so we. So we, I'm, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure that that, that cuts a certain way, honestly. They do, uh, they do ski on, um, uh, curb your enthusiasm though. So, uh, anyway, so we're, well, we're that's settled doing, then. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going up on the fucking chairlift and I'm thinking, I don't even know if I can successfully get off the chairlift you know what i mean because there's like like a little slope and you're supposed to just like get off just woo and off you go to the you know i'm gonna go to the bunny hill or whatever it is that is the longest and most anxiety filled five seconds of life i'm convinced is when you're going up the chairlift and you're not sure how you're gonna get off and it just keeps coming closer because everyone's watching Mm-hmm. too that's that's a that's a big deal it's like if you've never played in a golf tournament and then you go play in one there's all these people standing around watching mm-hmm. you it's a yep. it's a and different deal if i knew that we were all way. alone yeah. you you can't take a minute <laughs> right? to like get yourself together because yep. there's someone else yep. a coming up behind you i do believe yep. i've told the story of this is not a sport i tried and regretted but uh uh, when I was in elementary school, they would transform the gym into an obstacle course every year. And it started by swinging. You would climb up this thing and swing on a rope and land. It was sort of like, you know, American Ninja Warrior. Oh, yeah. Ninja you, would, you would swing and drop. And then that would be the start. That's how you started this little obstacle course. And I climbed to the top of this thing. And the whole line of my classes behind me. And I yeah. freaked out and froze sitting on the corner of this thing supposed to swing and yeah. just started crying and Fuck if I'm going on a chairlift. (laughs) Yeah. So Bobby, you've never, you've never experienced that? No. Okay. Well, (laughs) I recommend, uh, if, if, um, if you're going to be a skier, start very young because you don't want to be up there at, I think I was like 21, uh, 20, 21. Start when you're too, too dumb to be afraid. Right. Yeah. And you're not worried about who's behind you. You don't care, you know? So Gus. Dave and I, it's almost like us when you're up there. Just, oh man, just uninhibited. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, so go young. So it, I can't even, as I remember it, it's like Dave and I started holding hands, you know, like, Oh my God, you know, how are we going to get down the thing? Cause, cause we were, we were both like starting. It hadn't even occurred to me until I saw the, the little slope and I'm like, I don't know if I can negotiate that. I don't know. So, uh, it, it dumps us off and, uh, we, <laughs> I can't remember whether I collapsed on him or he collapsed on me, but neither one of us was going to make it more than a few feet. And so we are on, on that little slope in a heap, the two of us <laughs> in a fucking heap and people are coming here. They come. So we're like, we're kind of rolling off. Like you're trying to get out of a fire, you know? <laughs> So he's rolling left. I'm rolling right. That's and we get out of the way. It's hard, and it's hard to roll when you have skis on. Let me tell you that. I'd never tried to do it before, and it was not working well. So, and then the people are laughing, and it was like these are two grown men in great shape. Just can't do it. Just cannot do it. So you know the uh, the Jew and the cripple are up there just rolling around. So I think I remember we, the time you walked into a bar. <laughs> there should, there has to be a third. So right. I'll let you work yeah. on that. Okay. So eventually we get ourselves together and we, we sort of, you know, tromp over to the side, like Hillary going, going upstairs, you know, to kiss a boy. <laughs> so we tromp over to the side and we like, okay, we need to get it together and and we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, we're going to ski. This is going to be great. You know, it's going to be fun. We won't do that again. We're not coming back up because we don't want to, you know, anyway. So we have to get to the, you're, you're stuck. You can't just like, you know, make a phone call in, in 1986, you know, uh, I, I don't want to do this, you know, (laughs) come take me down here now. So, we we get to the top of the bunny hill. We go over there and and we're like, okay. Uh, and we're not very far apart, but we're not going to crash into each other. We learned that lesson. So we have a little bit of distance. You know, and and we start to go down the hill. And I'm like, all right, this feels good. Feels nice. And and uh, I I I start to do my first turn. I turn to the right so i on my the pressures on my left knee and and i you know make that turn and then i turn back down the hill and i get going a little faster and you know probably seven miles an hour in reality so i go to make that first left turn and then i realize that this turn could end my knee again for a long time and i just collapsed and then i more or less just crawled and marched down to the <laughs> lodge and good night good night everybody it was like 10 a.m you know by the time they got in i was hammered skiing everybody i've always told yeah. everyone that's the part of skiing i think i want is to sit in the lodge and drink oh it's great so great yeah so the girls in the ski pants, just coming in and out all day. It's amazing. The problem with skiing, well, one of many problems with skiing, is that it's like painting. It's like 95% of the time is spent in the prep, 
and 5% right, of right, the time right, is right, spent right. doing the fun part. Uh-huh. And if you mess up yeah. the fun part, then what's the incentive to spend another well, 45 minutes or whatever it is getting back up to the top of the hill? Yeah. yeah. Well, I should mention also that um, my brother uh, destroyed his knee skiing and was never the same athlete again. Uh, and he was he was a, the greatest athlete. He was going to be the greatest athlete my family was ever going to produce. He was amazing. At 13, he was killing 18-year-old kids at all kinds of sports. Uh, and he blew out his knee skiing. And I always thought, skiing? Really, Mark? <laughs> I don't want to lose it skiing. And it, it, the stakes were much lower for me, you know, at 2021 when it was clear I wasn't going to be like the greatest athlete in the world. But basketball was so important and baseball was so important to me. I was like, no, no, I'm going to lay down and just watch watch that Jewish kid just kind of steer down the hill <laughs> from a prone position. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Normally, I don't like to to get into the religious generalities, but the thought of you being out athletic by a Jewish friend is, mm. yeah, particularly Dave. Man, we had a lot of competition. I was I was slightly better than him at everything, which is a great position to be in because they they never quit. <laughs> yep. Nope. That's like uh, that's like playing games with a child, and you've got the upper hand until the child finally wins <laughs> once, and then you're screwed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. right. All right. Well, Dave, it was fun for a while, but you just beat me at tennis, so I'm afraid we're going to have to cut <laughs> yep. that sport off. We're done. Oh wait, is Dave your friend? The the one, the Dave that has the Danish Danish mom. Yes. Ah, Hello. I love that Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hollywood Dave. Uh. <laughs> um, and your your uh, your spot on the run sheet for this is is noticeably blank. Well, you know, Bobby, you have to try sports to be able to regret them. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't there something like at gym when they made you do something, you know? No, I do. I mean, I'm glad you brought up skiing, Mike, because I do have uh, something skiing related. But I I will say the only sport that I ever played in any kind of organized fashion was when I was living in Switzerland and I went and played netball in fifth and sixth grade. I'm not Ooh. sure exactly how different netball is from volleyball, but it's sort of essentially the same thing. So volleyball is the one and only sport that I was not picked last in because I actually do know how to like bump and set. Not very good at spiking, but uh, I'm just not, I'm just well, not let, an let, athlete. Let's not, let's not dance around it, Ann. You're tall. I would pick you for, for volleyball for sure. Right. I even know, if that's... I even if you had no other skill, but it doesn't mean I can do anything. Just be like no, a no. But I just like if I had to just there. If, if I'm picking somebody out of a lineup to play volleyball, I'm picking the tall mm-hmm. girl. Mm. Okay, I mean, well, and... that would be your mistake. <laughs> when I <laughs> sure, I'm not saying it would be the right pick. But... When I got to college, I tell people this a lot. They set me up as a voice major. They didn't ask me. They just assumed that because I was in chorus in high school and I had expressed a general interest in music in college, they put me on that track. And I had to go into my, my counselor in the music department and say, no, no, no. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't want to be a music major. I, I like these people, but I don't want to be one of these people. I just assume that they tried to give you a basketball scholarship. <laughs> 
Like nobody ever just sat you down one day no. and was like, and you got to work on your fundamentals because you are going to be a star in the future WNBA. No, I think well, it's pretty clear that I wasn't. Have I mentioned that my sister used to get a lot of pressure to oh, play Oh yeah, because your sister's very tall too. She's very tall and she went to uh, high school at uh, Sammamish and the coach of the uh, men's team was one of my dad's college teammates. So uh, her name, the Frizzell mm-hmm. name, and then the six foot tall girl uh, translated to a lot of pressure to mm-hmm. play basketball, which my sister, I don't even know if she ever, like, I, I don't remember her even touching the basketball that I constantly had around the house. Like, I think she just always looked disdainfully at it. I don't think she ever picked up a basketball in her life. And it was always uncomfortable for her, that pressure that she got. My dribbling is pathetic from the times we played in gym. And you don't even want to see me attempt a layup. I can't quite figure out the mechanics of the timing of all of that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not, nobody ever thought that I was going to play basketball in any um, real capacity. But to take it back to sports that we have tried and regretted, I'm going to have to piggyback onto Mike's and say skiing was the pits. And uh, you said this was probably like 1986 or 1987. I think mine takes yeah. place at right about the same time because I was 10 or 11 and we were living in Switzerland. So they have these mountains there. So everybody goes skiing and we were on the vacation and at the chalet by the mountain. And I had a, a ski instructor. God, I would kill for some Swiss chalet right now. <laughs> I I think I went to a class and I happened to be the only person in the class. So it was like I had individual instruction for a while and a couple of days of that. And then she said, all right, let's go up to the top of the mountain. And we got the cable car and we went up to the top of the mountain and we were on the last cable car before they closed the mountain because of a blizzard. But once you're up at the top, you got to get down. And yeah. so my one and only real time ever skiing a mountain was through a blizzard when I was 11 years old and I was petrified with this instructor uh, encouraging me along the way. And there was ice and wind and blowing snow and I got to the bottom and I said, never again. And I have kept that resolution over the last 30-odd years. It was awful. That was worse than mine. (laughs) Way worse. (laughs) You could have died. I was just going to take a ski to the head from someone laughing at me. Well, that's emotionally scarring. It, It was, clearly. It's... Stuck with me a long time watching Dave in those stupid jeans he used to wear. (laughs) Motherfucker. We didn't even get into it. I could have gone down the hill just making left turns, right turns. You mentioning Jeansy makes me wish we had uh, built in time for the beach volleyball and jeans conversation, (laughs) which we had before we started the show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that was that was fun. Jeansy, <laughs> so are you sure we had hey, that before the here. show? I don't remember hey, anything anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Sure. I... <laughs> <laughs> I, 
forgot all about Jeansy. Uh, I like I said, I have not really skied. I, I cross country skied in high school a little bit, which is uh, all of the work with none of the fun of skiing. Agony. Right? So, no kidding. Oh, yeah, that's so. no appeal. <laughs> I oh, but it's cold too. So that's yeah. awesome. And I'm sweating in the cold. I'm a little surprised, Ian, that you didn't uh, get thrown into hockey at all. I mean, being a Minnesotan, I just assumed. No, broom, but you, broom ball. you gotta know my parents uh, yeah. are completely uninterested. In yeah. sports, yeah. so there was no push there. And my brother Carl uh, was a swimmer. I'm not sure how he got into that, but he did that for a while. But I, we're music and drama people sure. all the way in academics. <laughs> sports is <laughs> is not our forte. We have no athletes in the family whatsoever. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't have a good skiing story. Uh, as far as basketball goes, I, I never really played basketball as a kid, you know, solidly five, nine and a little chubby since late high school. So not really for me, but a few years ago, Sam did buy me a basketball hoop. Cause I was mentioning, I thought if I had like a, like a basketball hoop at the end of the driveway that maybe I would go out and, and just get some more fresh air and kind of just shoot around a little bit and get a little bit better. And I think I probably used it about a dozen times over the course of a couple of years. And then we moved and had to get rid of it. Um, so that was, that was just a dud. It's just basketball is never going to be for me. I think it's just too bad. I like it, but I'm just not good at it and I'm not going to put it in the time. Yeah. You're not going to Malcolm Gladwell your your way into the NBA or the CBA or whatever minor league you can casually play drives myself into a, a book deal. Um, soccer. I think is the one answer I have here. I think it was in second grade when I joined like the, the rec league kids soccer. And, uh, and for one year I was on the blue team, you know, soccer is so much running. And, right. And I had a Webster soccer t-shirt with the soccer ball on it. That if I had now I would wear in an ironic way and it would be awesome. Um, I, I just, I think soccer taught me more than anything else that I don't like having someone boss me around i don't want a coach (laughs) like Hmm. i just want to run around and do whatever i want i scored one goal that i can remember and it was a fluke i i sort of fell on the ball and kicked it with the back of my heel through the cones past some other dumb seven-year-old and uh that was like my highest achievement in soccer but overall soccer taught me that uh i as a child i was bad at being on time to things not my fault long story um, I've said enough on this show in the past where I'm sure that'll make sense. Uh, I, uh, I, I don't like taking orders from anyone really. And, uh, I'm just, I, I, I'm a team player when it comes to projects and things, but uh, I just had no interest in interacting on that level with, with my peers. And so on top okay. of the fact that, yeah, it's just a lot of fucking running. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I've, I solved that problem. I mean, Later in life, in like college, through intramurals and through playing soccer in prison with a lot of guys who are really good, I really learned how to play soccer later in life. But as a child, I never played in one of those cone leagues. We, I, I just remember at a certain age, you were just playing and the goals were full goals. They're big goals. Mm-hmm. And usually usually the least talented kid on the other team was standing in front of that goal (laughs) with those giant, you know, gloves, like mascot gloves or whatever. How big gloves are they going to let these guys have, by the way? Like, 
are we going to turn on a game someday and some guys going to have gloves on that are so big that you can't even, <laughs> there's no light between, you know, he's just standing there. You just got to kick the ball at his crotch and hope that he, I don't know. Anyway, scoring the rebound. So as a kid though, I hadn't figured it out and I didn't like, I, I wasn't really into soccer. I didn't really, it wasn't my thing. And it was the soccer season for guys uh, for boys was like fall and winter. And so you're out there in, in those ridiculously flimsy shorts mm -hmm. and you're freezing your ass off. I probably should have been running, but you know, just to stay warm, but I parked myself pretty much right in front of the goal and nobody really knew what offsides was. So the, I'd wait for the ball to, to just come flying out of the scrum and then I'd just blast it past the kid who was picking his nose with a giant mascot glove. <laughs> and so I, I scored a zillion goals, are, you know. Are like, you sure you weren't playing against a kid who just had a foam where number one finger on? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funnier. That's a better visual. I like that. I like that. But, you know, because well, our goalie, when I was playing youth soccer, our goalie, Joey Harrison, a friend of mine, I, I loved Loved the kid, but whenever the other team would score a goal, he would cry. Aww. Every goal. Aww. And thinking back, I'm like, Joey was a terrible soccer player, but he wasn't emotionally equipped to play goalie. Put him on some other part of the field where he can just stand there and just whiff, you know, just like he doesn't need to be in any position of responsibility. The person in goal has to have some mental toughness. Joey didn't have it. He didn't have any physical skills. It was it was a rough go for him there in goal. <laughs> but you don't have to run if you don't want to. You can find a spot. <laughs> what about like practice? What about drills? We have to do laps. Toe touches. Yeah, that is terrible. <laughs> practice in any form, I always hated. I would I would just be like, when are we scrimmaging? Can we scrimmage? Mm. How about scrimmaging? You know, what, what teaches skills like actually playing the game is like guys that, that can spin the ball uh, on their fingers, like globetrotter style or whatever. Like that's great. But uh, I've never had to do that in a game. So how about let's practice some shooting or, you know, no. something, something useful or just play and then you'll get better by playing. I've never gotten practice. Fuck practice. All right, listeners. So we want you to tell us about the sports you've tried and regretted. And uh, oh, this could be a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, let's do some live editing here. So we had a whole medium talk segment about uh, how to fake your way through sports conversations based on a Facebook message or a Facebook uh, comment from Andrea. And Andrea specifically noted in that something like water cooler sport. Uh, but since this week we can't gather around water coolers anyway, and every sport conversation right now is about how to not spread the coronavirus, this this probably has some shelf life suddenly, right? I think the timing when we decided to do this was great. Spring training is wrapping up, and basketball's in its you know it's getting heady. But uh, right now the sports conversation is is a global one, so we could probably shelf this for a week or maybe even a half week if we're feeling ambitious and want to launch a sport talk extra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hold off on this. Then let's, let's do that. And then we'll also maybe hold off on, uh, on Mike's 
clearing his throat. Do you think he can hold it for a few days, Mike? Um, I don't know. I, I feel a coughing fit coming on. Um, we'll see. Yeah, all right. So uh, why don't we just jump straight ahead to Tishi Recommends? Because I'm very excited about this Tishi Recommends. Oh, God, you guys. I recommend Starburst Jelly Beans. What do they put in them? They're amazing, it's, right? It, they're I haven't not had these. Brock's jelly beans. They're not none of those licorice flavored ones in there. They're like little starbursts of flavor in your mouth. They're so good, and they're mm-hmm. small, which I like. You can actually get uh, bigger ones, like regular jelly bean, Mm-mm. like mega Don't do jelly it. bean starburst ones. Don't do it. It's not. It's not the same. It's it's the ratios are are wrong. You have to stick to the regular size Starburst jelly beans. And I I Mike gets mad about seasonal things. Your point being if it was so good it wouldn't be seasonal. We'd have no, it. No, that, that's the time. that's Christy. That's that's more Christy than oh. than me. Well, whichever. But no, you went on a whole rant about candy corn once. I indict you on this charge as well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I have seen Easter candy corn, by the way. It's out. It's... What? Yeah. Yes. And 4th Come of on. July candy corn and Christmas candy corn and Valentine's Day candy corn. Any holiday everywhere. with Come any on, holiday man. with two or three colors can now be yep. turned into candy corn. Oh, my God. Yep. But anyway. French candy Flag corn. Candy Italian corn. candy corn. Back yeah. to Starburst. Vexillology candy Jelly beans. Corn. I think they're available all year. But it's the whole, I don't know, artificial scarcity and uh, that makes them special. And they really uh, get stocked this time of year and I just can't get enough of them. They're so good. I'm I'm down with this idea. However, I think it's dangerous because what's always held me back on Starburst, I, I like a lot of the flavors. I don't love all of them, but it's all the unwrapping. Oh my god! I hate the all the unwrapping because I I keep my fingernails kept really tight, you know. So it's like, sure, it's it's not a you know. I like having to work for it, so that I don't eat too many of them. It's like okay, I've put five minutes into unwrapping a bunch of these, and it's not worth it. But if I if there were jelly beans, I could just pour them into my mouth. Come mm-hmm. on now. I don't find that the jelly bean flavors correlate to the Starburst flavors that much, though. Oh, okay. I was going to ask that. Yeah. They're very delicious. I like them all, and you can taste their different flavors. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I would relate them to the square Starbursts. I'll put it to the test. I have a question. Have you? I think we've talked about this before, but have you tried the mini Starbursts that come unwrapped? Um, I think you might have sent me some, and, I, and I'm out. I'm all out of Starburst. Whatever you sent me, you sent me some Starburst, like uh, the green apple, and <laughs> I put it me. in my truck. Oh, that was you. Okay, uh-huh. well, I put it in my travel bag, and I think I finally finished them. You know, like two Seattle trips ago, but it was it's a it's a they're nice little it's a nice little yeah. snack. Thank you. Yeah. They they make these mini starbursts that are like the size of large chiclets, like a little bit larger than chiclets, mm-hmm. and they're unwrapped and they come in sort of a bulk bag. You can just sort of eat them by the handful. 
They're mm-hmm. they're different. The mm-hmm. texture is different than a regular Starburst, but I do like them. It took me a while to get used to them, but I like them. And I have seen, and Sam and I really, really like these bags of Starbursts, minis, and beans. It's a mixture of the Starburst jelly beans and the mini Starbursts. I seen those. It's awesome. They're so different, and the textures are a little bit different, so it adds some fun variety. And having them in the bag together is just so weird, but so good. I'm going to have to be on the lookout. Are they in the Easter candy section? Yes. Or the regular candy? I think we've seen them in Easter section. And, and of course, you know, they're on Amazon like everything else. Of course. So, Starburst's minis and beans. It's like if greens and beans was unholy and unhealthy. Starburst minis and greens. So, I guess that's my tea she recommends. <laughs> okay, are we ready to keep some house? Always. Housekeeping, more important than ever. <laughs> Sanitize. <laughs> Buy stuff from us. Uh, we have new merch. Is this true? Do we? I mean, it's all new, right? Okay. New to you, if you haven't checked it out <laughs> right. yet, at thisshowhaseverything.com forward slash click the shop button. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I'm looking at the merch now. I'm just thinking about what I need. Because it's been a while. I haven't ordered any merch in a while. Interesting that we have a This Show Has Everything logo women's short sleeve t-shirt, but I don't think we have it in men's yet. I have not. once. <laughs> I need to get some of, some of this I'm merch. offended. I, only because I will not look good in the women's cut. Like, it'll it'll two x slim two x slim woman's cut. It'll accent all the wrong features on me. <laughs> <laughs> we should sell the hot dog shirt. Seriously. Oh God! We should. <laughs> would that would we get sued for selling the hot dog shirt? That's that's what I want to know. Would how would APM feel if we <clears throat> ripped off that shirt? I don't know how in the Me Too era we can justify that shirt. It's ironic. Uh, we're gonna, you, you said rate and review us, right? Please please rate and review us. Here's what yeah, I want everyone to do. Yeah, Give yeah, us five yeah. stars, but then talk shit about Hillary, because she'll really... Mm. <laughs> Bobby. Oh, she'll love it. You can get involved at <laughs> thisshowhaseverything.com. You can uh, send us your throne phones at throwyourphone.com. Facebook group, This Show Has Everything. Now, more important than ever, in this era when we can't physically be close we can emotionally be close uh in the facebook group the show has everything the show twitter is tishi show email us at tishi at 10710.com send us a voice memo like andrea did and hear your voice on our show you basically just produce it for us we like it that way thank you andrea if you get bored working from home and you have a fax machine handy fax me your butt or whatever at 617-354-8513 E-fax, people. It's it's awesome. Yep. Seriously, it's not. It's really it's dumb. It's just an email in black and white. <laughs> yeah. You can't make anything out except it's probably a butt. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I think uh, until next time, that was everything. Oof. That <laughs> and- was nothing. We did none of our topics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get there. <laughs>
Seriously, guy. I mean, you have to be really hot to pull off beach volleyball in jeans. Like, what are you doing, <laughs> guys? Wearing fucking. If you just, if there were an average-looking dude, or even a slightly less than average-looking dude out there in jeans, he would be made fun of forever. You got your muffin top hanging over the edge of the jeans. <laughs> right, right, right. And he's surprisingly good, which doesn't help his reputation. Because that guy who used to play basketball that like that, you know, the 50-year-old guy in jeans, the only reason he was there is because he could actually play. But he was so ridiculous looking, no one would pick him. Um, I don't know. <laughs> jeans guy. Mm. Jeansy. What's up, Jeansy? 